You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, part two of our UFC Fight Island 5 post-fight coverage kicks off right now. Live with all of you. This is the UFC Fight Island 5 post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the Prince of Positivity himself, who wasn't so positive with his strength of schedule uh, gymnastic scale, which we'll get into in a moment. And, of course, E. Casey Lydon joins us as well. AK, let us just start with you. You said that uh-huh. your ceiling for this card was a six. You compared uh-huh. it to last weekend's UFC Fight Island 4 card. Clearly, this surpassed that. Explain yourself. My system works. All right, my system works. My <laughs> assessment of the card was wrong. This I agree with. My assessment of the card was wrong. I definitely scored it by a little too low. I mean, clearly, it was, I think people are calling it one of the best cards of the year, which is fair. I, I think it's fair. But I will say on paper, my degree of difficulty system is, is, a, is a theoretical, hypothetical system. Okay? I did not think this could reach higher than an eight. I didn't think it could reach higher than a six. But I think people will agree this is disadvantage. If you're, rating, if you're scoring on a flat 10-point scale, this was like a 9.5 maybe higher depending uh you know mileage may vary i guess was how some of these fights went but it's like at least a 9.5 we're going by quality fights uh how that real finishes it was it was a really good card so my 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 usage of the scale was wrong but i still think on paper you couldn't have thought this was me higher than a seven or eight that's what i think but it was an amazing amazing card well, normally, like a thumbnail will sort of tell the story of the main attraction of the card. And notice that the thumbnail for this particular event was not Corey Sandhagen. It was that man, Joaquin Buckley, who delivered one of the greatest knockouts in UFC history. At least that's what everybody's saying. Definitely, in my opinion, that the knockout of the year in 2020 thus far, there is still three months to go. So that could change very quickly. We'll get to Joaquin Buckley in a moment. But let us start with the main event, AK. Your hair looks crazy. It does. I need to get a cut real bad. Yes. I thought you were talking about me, and I was like, (laughs) My hair is rough. Yes, I I have had bad hair days, and what I wouldn't give for another bad hair day. But but AK, Corey Sanhagen did exactly what we all predicted. Spinning heel kick finish, a Marlon Marais in the second round. We all predicted this. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all just joking around on the preview show. Like, we knew how this thing was going to end. But, man, oh, man, that was was some first round. Both guys landed big shots. Sanhagen was doing some damage to the body. But Marais just, no matter what, no matter, you know, what direction he was throwing from, what angle he was throwing from, he found a way to punch Corey Sanhagen in the face at any point, but Sanhagen comes through in a huge way, looked great in the first round, finishes in the second. Your thoughts on the Sandman's big win tonight, and is this the biggest win of his career so far? Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be the biggest win of his career. Look, the, the Dominic Cruz 2.0 comparisons are there. Uh, I guess a lot of, you know, kind of flowy, uh, you know, 135ers get that comparison. Of course, TJ Dillashaw got a little bit of that. He himself, of course, said he followed, he, he definitely followed the Dominic Cruz style, and so is Corey Sandhagen's done the same thing. But uh, Dominic Cruz never scored a spinning heel, cook, heel kick KO to the head like this one. So he's got that one up on the Dominator. But there, there was a lot of, uh, I wanna go to the commentary, because I think they did a good job explaining Right from the start, why Sandhagen was so successful was he had to reach a, I think they just said a flow state, uh, which I don't know if that's a technical term, but you can kind of like, I think anytime you have this high movement, uh, you know, a very a dependence and a, a style that's a very dependent on being accurate and, and having great timing, 
you you'll know it's almost you'll know right from the start where there are guys in the zone. And boy, San Hagen, like I said, he was getting hit a little bit, but man, he looked really comfortable. Every he was showing from all those kind of unorthodox angles and landing. He was moving beautifully. Uh, and then really feel himself early in the second round. I thought I loved the call out. I loved him shouting, whether it was to his corner or, or to someone else or to Marais himself to kind of throw him off, saying, his orbital's broken. Because it is possible that that made Marais think a little bit, have to think a little bit on defense. And, and that may be why he got caught by uh, that really, really spectacular speeding hill kick right right to the top of the dome. So uh, it was just it was a great performance by Sandhagen, the best version of him we've seen, uh, the one that looks like a world title contender, and I think in one performance washes away whatever doubt there was from from him getting you know getting so clearly beaten by by Aljo last time. So really, really well done by uh, the Sandman. And he proved just how tough he is, how good his chin is, because he did take some big shots in that mm-hmm. first round and just ate them all and kept going forward and was able to finish the fight in the second. So Casey, let me ask you because me and AK are going to talk matchmaking for about thirty to forty-five minutes on Monday morning on, on to the next one. So there's been a lot of suggestions out there. I have been clamoring for, you know, a Marlon Marais versus Dominic Cruz fight for quite some time now. Maybe we will get that after all, but Corey Sanhagen calls out Frankie Edgar and he calls out TJ Dillashaw. I think the popular opinion is we do Sanhagen versus Dillashaw and then Aljamain Sterling gets his rifle title shot against Piotr Jan. Do you agree with this or do you have a different direction for the Bantamweight division, especially in the top five or six right now. Um, no, Corey Sanhagen is correct. He caught his shot, and that is the fight to make. Um, I think coming into this, we all said that for Aljamain Sterling, Corey Sanhagen was going to be his favorite fighter tonight. Corey had to win. He had to win emphatically and to make sure that it can only be Jan versus Sterling. And I think that's going to happen. Unless, unless, unless the UFC benches... Yawn all the way until Dillashaw comes back, uh, which I think is sometime in January, which I hope they don't. But um, yeah, Corey, Corey, oh my goodness, if they, if they really do book, they finally book Yawn versus um, <laughs> Sterling. And then if, if they do even have it in, in uh, January when TJ's back and have Corey versus uh, TJ as the co main or at least on the pay per view portion of the card, just excellent because um, it'll just be an excellent fight. And um, yeah, that's the fight to make. And then um, TJ, uh, sorry, uh, Cruz versus Edgar. Those are, that's that's the other fight that should be booked. But um, man, just I'm kind I'm kind of I'm I'm still kind of sweating. I'm like, cause like that was such an exciting <laughs> night of fights and like just so many good knockouts and things I was just wrong about. But I'm very happy I was wrong about. And uh, yeah, just um, just uh, it's 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 it's, it's, it's exciting to watch fights and be excited about it and not feel like sometimes it feels like a chore and tonight it did not. Yes. And for Mara Marias, he has now lost two of three. He's been finished in two of three mm-hmm. and many feel that he lost the Jose Aldo fight as well. So in a, in a weird way, if one judge scored that fight a little differently, Marias could be on a three fight losing streak right now. But you know, obviously back to the drawing board for him. 135 is just such a fun division. Maybe the best overall in the UFC from from top to bottom. So, you know, interesting times right now. Poor Marlon. Yes. Poor Marlon. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. Look, I, I know a lot of people felt he lost the Aldo fight. But guess what? Uh, on paper, he didn't. He didn't. He, he won the fight on the judges' scorecards. He won that fight. And the guy he beats gets a talent shot. And now... He's, you know, and now he's so far away uh, he, when you when you're on the receiving end of a knockout like that. And he was booked to fight Jan. He was booked to fight him. Like they had, it was signed and right? everything. It was venue and all. 
He was booked to bite him, and then just man, what a what a what a bummer year. What a bummer twenty twenty for Marlon Marias has been big time. That's MMA, right? But hey, look, you know what? People could say he should have taken care of business against uh, Henry Cejudo. Uh, maybe he should have had a more definitive finish. Like there, there's there's things you can say. So people are going to say he should have just won every fight. What's the big yes. deal? Just just I, just win. Really, yeah. Anytime a fighter complains about anything, I just go like, yeah, but why didn't you just win all why your fights? Just win, yeah. Geez. Yeah, and then really, there's no counter to that. So, <laughs> but no, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I, like I said, I'm sure that, you know, there's things Marlon could have done to not be in the position, but I think he did a lot to put himself in a position for a second title shot and wasn't given it. So that's, I really, I do feel sympathy for him, but really again, congratulations to Sanhagen because that performance tonight was amazing. Absolutely. And big win for Edson Barboza gets Ooh. his first win at 145 pounds. He looked fantastic. And we all said that this could be sort of that showcase fight for him at 145 pounds with a matchup like uh, Makwan Amerikani and Amerikani just kind of like Sanhagen was in that first round, super tough. He gets dropped a couple different times, but hung in there, went the full 15 with Edson Barboza Jr. It was a, a great performance. He wants a top five, top six guy. Does he get it? Casey Lydon. Do you think he gets a top five, top six guy? Someone threw it out there. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Someone threw it out maybe in the other, sh in the, uh, the post fight presser that, Barboza versus Calvin Cater. Um, I don't think that's necessarily where we go here. I think Barboza probably needs another win or two to be put into that category because Cater's like the next guy to break through. He's probably a win or two away from getting up to a title shot. He's on a nice streak right now. But do you think a top five, top six guy is coming Barboza's way, or do you think he's going to have to win another one before he gets there? I thought he beat Ige. I. I don't remember if I thought he beat Felder, but I remember it was extremely close and it could have gone either way. Okay, real quick on Edson Barboza, you, you brought this up. His strength of schedule is insane. And I would like to point out, if we want to say Edson Barboza's back or whatever, he, to me he was never gone. Because Maquan, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and go to when he fought Evan Dunham in July of 2014. 2014. That's the last time I felt I felt he fought a guy that was ranked as far down as Maquan is. And Maquan's obviously a very talented featherweight, but he's not a ranked featherweight. He's not. He's not. I want. I want to call him an A level, an A level featherweight. So, so for so Edson's like this is the lowest competition that Edson has had in what six years, and he just and he steamrolled Maquan. And so, to me, Edson on the right day. I think we felt this for a while. On the right day, he can win. I don't know if he can win the title, but he's he's obviously competitive against anyone at the top right now. And um, yeah, uh, actually, I'm not against the Cater fight, but uh, you probably have to throw a couple more names out there. But absolutely, Edson is a premier A-level featherweight, and I'm very excited to see him fight again. Maybe my answer will change on Monday morning, but I mean, I think you just have to go back to the Sadiq Yusuf well and run that fight. I think that's the reason Yusuf couldn't couldn't make it to Fight Island was a passport issue. So it wasn't an injury or anything like that. It was it, it was a simple thing like that. And Barboza wants to get back quickly. Yusuf obviously wants to get in there and fight. I think this is the natural progression. It's a it's a ranked opponent for a quick turnaround. Go. For quick turn for a quick turnaround. That makes a lot of sense because they can both fight in the states. I'm I'm assuming Edson. Has, doesn't have issues fighting in the states since he lives here. Lives yeah, in, yeah. So uh, even though he's a is a Brazilian citizen, I'm pretty sure that's not a an issue. So uh, yeah, yeah. I would I would love to see that. 
What did you think, AK, of Barboza's performance tonight? I thought he looked fantastic. How, uh, you know, oh, well, first of all, look, if we, if, if I had told you there would be four or five uh, highlight reel, fit, highlight reel knockouts on uh, this card and Edson Barbosa was not one of them. You'd think I was crazy. Uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that we had all these uh, amazing finishes, two spinning kick finishes. And one of them was not Edson Barbosa, but yeah, he looked great in there. It, man, it was real tough for Amir Khani because I think a lot of us, the storyline going in was this is the biggest fight of Amir Khani's career. Like we said, a guy we always know has been talented, great with the media, just looks like a star, but you look at the resume and he's got some okay wins on there, but just no big name. So this was a, this was a really, this was his chance and, and, and a good matchup if you could get to the ground. Unfortunately, he found out very early in the fight uh, that getting, getting Barbosa to the ground is not easy. Getting even close to him is not easy without eating like a savage leg kick or one of those rib, rib crushing body kicks uh, or, or a lightning fast jab to the face. Like, it, it, getting close to him is just uh, the, the prospect is scary. And then Amir Khani also, obviously, knew even before going in, he's probably not going to beat him in the stand up. So that's why there was a lot of inactivity on Amir Khani's side. I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, why isn't he doing anything? And I just want people to imagine being in there and within the first 60 seconds, the first two minutes, realizing, holy crap. I have no way of initiating offense against this guy. And then imagining you have to be in that cage with that person for another 13 minutes. Okay, so before anyone criticizing Mirkani, you know, maybe it wasn't a great performance, but that's what you're dealing with when you fight a guy on the level of Edson Barbosa and you, you, you find out firsthand how outclassed you are. So really credit to Barbosa for proving what he is. Like we said, he, a top 10 lightweight for years, now maybe a top 10 featherweight already, even though he's only two fights in. Uh, future matchups, I... I know that that we think uh, this guy's going to be matched up with Zabit no matter, at some point, even though the fight keeps falling through. But man, why not Barbosa and Yair? If that Magomed Sharapov fight never comes around, which I'm pretty confident it will, but if it doesn't, Yair Rodriguez and Edson Barbosa. Be fun, be fun. I don't know if it's it's kind of like you meet the love of your life, but she wants to be single for a little while, like. Maybe you're Mr. Right, but just not Mr. Not right me. now. I think that's kind of where, where where I see that fight. But we'll talk more about that, obviously, on Monday. Um, obviously, the heavyweights had a heavyweight fight. It was great. Uh, Martin Tybura defeats Ben Rothwell. It was everything we hoped for. Uh, and it was fun. It was a fun heavyweight matchup. Like I think we're kind of at a point where we just love Ben Rothwell. We hoped that those two guys would go in there and have a 15-minute war. And... But in the back of our minds, we're like, oh, this this has the potential to be kind of a snoozer. But it was fun. It was a fun fight. Uh, Tabor gets the win. Uh, I, thought, I, thought, gets- I thought the placement in the card was great for that heavyweight fight, too. I yes. felt like it was – I felt like it, we needed a bit of a slowdown, but still a good fight. And I felt like – good job, matchmakers. Because I, 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 I was complaining a lot last week with the uh, – was it, what was the um, – the Castro uh, and Felipe, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Felipe, I was yeah. like, ugh. But this was this was perfect. This was good. So a sweet spot. Yeah, and it, it was it, it was a fun fight. And man, I got to give so much credit to Tabora for not getting dragged into a dog fight because if, if that was Rothwell's plan, it really wasn't a bad plan because he came. I I mean Ben Rothwell can be pretty unpredictable, but I did not think he would come out high volume. I did not think that would be the plan. Uh, I thought he'd maybe want to use some of his grappling, maybe maybe uh, try and submit at some point. But he came out just Diego Sanchez, just straight punching at uh, Tabora and Tabora. Just look, I'm going to get my defenses up. I'm going to let you kind of tire, slow down a bit. 
and I'm going to counter. I'm going to counter. It's not. It's not. It's not the sexiest strategy. Uh, it might look like my. It might look like my opponent's doing more. But you know, he trusted that the judges would see. He, he was the more effective striker. I think. Other. I think uh, in both rounds two and three, at least the on-screen stats. I haven't seen the official ones yet. Uh, Tabora did outstrike him. It was just. It was only in the first that that Rothwell uh, had a pretty decent lead in strikes. But again, how much of those did a lot of damage? I don't know. I think Tabora was really smart. I think he knew what he could take, and he just fought. A, he fought a great fight, and then went to his grappling in the third and and uh, sealed the deal. So very solid performance for uh, for the veteran. Absolutely. And then before that, uh, Dreykus Duplessis with a mm. left hook finish of Marcus Perez. And I have to say, we're going to get into, you know, the man who deserved the bonus the most in a matter of moments. I thought Duplessis got got the big fat hose job on the <laughs> bonuses. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I feel like if we're talking like strength of competition and you know, I mean, Marcus Perez, that was the first time he'd been finished in his entire career. And Duplessis took the fight on two weeks' notice and got the finish. I thought he should have got the bonus night over Tom Breeze. Like, I, I just think I think the matchup for Duplessis was was a tougher matchup. No disrespect to, to KB Bular, who's obviously a fun prospect. But look at the guys that KB beat on the way up to the UFC. Nothing like Marcus Perez has stepped into the octagon with. So I kind of thought he got the hose job. Chris Dacus got a bonus. I and, thought he deserved a bonus. And, and that was a super cool knockout too. That hook. I was, yes. I think, was Marcus like, was he falling over or getting up at the time? I can't. No, quite. he was, he was trying to throw a, uh, yeah, year esque, uh, like back elbow uh -huh. thing. Yeah. That's, that's going to look lovely on that, but the little box <laughs> screen. I, I can see it on YouTube now. Back elbow thing. Um, uh, so if you watch the replay, yeah, that's clearly, and, and, and that's not uncharacteristic of Perez. Perez is mostly a grappler, but when he's on the feet, he loves to just throw wild stuff. So that was in there and he just straight up turned his back to him and just lingered there for like a half second too long. And then boom, um, yeah. Duplessis snuck in that beautiful uh, left hand shot. Yeah. I just want to, just want to point out that it was a very creative, super cool knockout. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he he should have got a bonus. He got he got screwed Agreed. in my opinion. Tom Breeze, good win though. No, not taking anything away from you. Maybe we give a fifth bonus. But uh, Chris Dacus, nice win. First man to defeat and or finish Rodrigo Nascimento. Yeah. Uh, and then Joaquin Buckley. I mean, my God, the star of the show, the star of the night, the star of the year uh, when it came to finishes. AK, you are. I think you are higher on Joaquin Buckley than than anybody. I don't know if you picked him to win. Uh, Casey tonight. was too. Oh. Casey actually picked him to win. Yeah. But mm -hmm. oh, oh yeah. In terms of just like being excited to watch a fighter compete, I think Joaquin Buckley is like one of those guys that is on the top of your list. I don't know if he's in the position of some of the the fighters that you like to watch and that you you favor and you speak about all the time and oh. on the various programs here. But he might be getting up there, especially after that knockout. Let me just ask you this. Knockout of the year, I think it's it's definitely there right now. If not, it's top two or three. But there are people saying that this is the greatest knockout in UFC history. Is this in the conversation for that? Do we feel like it's there? Yeah, I mean, uh, even taking into account, obviously, recency bias, you know, takes a grain of salt. It has to be in the top five I've ever seen. I just never seen anything like it. And it's one of those, I saw a lot of people saying this on social media. It's one of those uh, clips, and thank goodness the UFC uh, put this clip out there. Twice, I think they put it the original and then and a couple of other different angles. This is the kind you show to people who just a passing interest in sports or a passing interest in anything in action movies. You would show them this clip, right? That's this is the definition of a, of a viral KO. Uh, we put it on our own account, and the, the activity was crazy. Over a thousand uh, retweets, yeah. It was yeah, I think the UFC said it was the the most retweeted. I think most like they said this on the broadcast. I think the most uh, interacted with tweet in their history. Uh, so it, it, this is this is a, a bigger 
you know, this is a bigger than just MMA uh, uh, highlight. This is a, a all-time possibly great sports highlight. Again, we could be seeing on those wacky world of sports highlight shows like 50 years from now. Uh, what or of or a Faces of Death video, you know, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's old school. Yeah, yeah. Back of the uh, back of the rental store, <laughs> blockbuster the store, yeah. behind the behind the curtain. Yeah, that's uh, that's where you normally see this now. Where, where the old UFC videos used to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's people who are so much younger than us. I have no oh, idea. No. Blockbuster but, uh, video. What is this? Yeah, there, it, it was such a cool KO. I think some people are saying it has like, you know, uh, roots in Taekwondo, something you might see in Taekwondo competition, uh, which sounds right. And it, and it, But definitely not the kind of strike you would see someone attempt in an actual fight. Uh, people can say Kasanga and I made a mistake, but he didn't hold on to the leg that long. It was like maybe a half second longer than he should have, but he was letting go as uh, Buckley was getting this wild torque and just spinning and kicking him right in the jaw the the color went out of uh went out of Kasanganai's face the the way he fell back was incredible it's just everything oh, the, the eye roll yeah <laughs> yeah Jeez. he got he, he woke up as soon as he hit the ground which is i guess good to see but also kind of scary because you know he bumped his head yeah, and, and later post on instagram you know some some positive message. so thankfully Kasanganai not hurt too badly and i'm sorry i know i'm ranting here but i will say we talked about all these great finishes and how much it sucks that some people got snubbed Get rid of the – well, I mean performance bonus in general are a little silly, but get rid of the four bonus limit then. Why is there a four bonus limit? What, this UF, The UFC is, is like a, what, a billion-dollar company now? This this bonus limit is absurd. I'm not saying reward every finish, but I'd say almost with only a few exceptions, just reward people for getting knockout submissions. Don't you want to encourage knockout submissions? So bizarre. So, yeah, I mean congrats to people who got it, but more bonuses should be handed out, and hopefully they do that secret you know, locker room – discretionary bonuses they're always talking about. I don't know. We're, we're in a the pandemic. only way that the only way that Duplessis Duplessis wouldn't have got hosed is if you gave if you gave Joaquin Buckley all four bonuses. Like <laughs> it was kind of like the, the 30 years of Jericho when like they did the credits and all the names are Chris Jericho. Like give all the bonuses to Joaquin Buckley and I would have been okay with that. I'm glad you brought up pro wrestling Mike because I feel like I mean honestly this KO it was so spectacular. I think it was a little stage. I think this like, they, they called a high spot in wrestling hoping that they would get fight of the night and uh, and mm. knockout of the night and they, they and then they they take $50,000 each, all right? I've been watching pro wrestling for a long time. I know a high spot when I see one. All right, this is, a, this is like a young bucks, young bucks super kick thing or something like. I don't know. Now I'm a little fishy, but no, I'm kidding. It was just once, once in a lifetime knockout. You got to be good to be lucky. You got to be lucky to be good. It was so awesome. Tony Kelly gets a win. Giga Chikadze, big win over Omar Morales. Tracy Cortez defeats Stephanie Yeager, and then uh, Tagir Ulambakov defeats Bruno Silva. That was a that was really a terrific cool fight. fight. That was, that was a good, excellent fight. Any was, other night, fight of the night. Yep, any other night, fight of the night. Yeah, but that was like yesterday I saw that fight. And it was I remember watching it. I was like, this is like one of the best curtain jerkers I've seen all year. <laughs> Very solid. All right, Casey, this is this is uh, an excellent question. And, yeah. and it's a funny one for me, too. And I'll explain momentarily uh, which spinning knockout was better. Is it tonight by Joaquin Buckley against Impa Kasanganai or Edson Barboza against Terry Edom back in 2012? And I have a little brother. He's four years younger than me. When Terry Adam was like making his way up in the UFC, he is like my little brother's twin, like tall, skinny, same face. Like so when I saw Edson Barboza knock out Terry Adam in that emphatic fashion, it was like almost seeing like my little brother getting spinning head kicked like that. So <laughs> just that's my little interesting story on that. Casey, <laughs> let me ask you. What was the better knockout? Was it Barboza? Because that one's etched in history. That's a Bob O'Reilly KO. Joaquin Buckley's obviously going to be there at some point. Which one was better? Well, the Terry Edom knockout was so amazing. 
I mean, as much as I want to give Barboza credit, you got to give just as much credit to Mr. Edom because the way he fell back, that whole stiff, you know, just straight back, just couldn't be topped. And that's what made the, um, uh, how do you say it? Kasagana? Kasagana. Yeah, that, that, he deserves all the credit too because the way he went down, the eyes rolling back. But I got to go Buckley for the better knockout, mostly because it was a better fight. If you remember the Barboza Edom fight, I think that happened in the third round, and the first two rounds were kind of, eh, it was, it just, and then the, the knockout just kind of came out of nowhere. Buckley um, Kasagane was just, a, it was just a great man. That first round, like it was just a great fight. So uh, it all, it all kind of built up and it made sense. So uh, Buckley, you got it. <laughs> Maybe like I think I need. I think I need to let this one stew for a, a little while before I can answer that question because this sport, like we see something right away and we're like, yep, that's the one. So maybe I have to watch the other one again. And, but like, if you're asking me right this second, it's definitely Buckley. Like it's definitely Buckley. But if I go back and watch the other fight, maybe it'll change. Now, AK, what do you think? Yeah. This is like, this is like, what's the, what's the best Taylor Swift album? It's like, yeah, the last one I listened to, obviously, the, whichever one's the most recent one that came out is obviously the best one. <laughs> and then you just go back in order. Unless you listen to another one out of order, and then your then your mind's garbled. Oh wait, what were we talking? Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, yes, uh, Edson Barbosa uh, versus Terry Adam. You may lay down your crown. We have a new greatest spinning knockout in uh, MMA history. It is Joaquin Buckley versus Impa Kasanganai. This was, uh, you know, the this was this was jazz, baby. I mean, if if you want to, if you love, if you love, this is jazz, baby. Can we get the jazz flute in here? If you loved, uh, if you loved Barbosa Adam because of just like, I mean, just how how methodical Bar Barbosa is in sort of setting these things up. This was just improvisation on on on, on uh, Buckley's part. I mean, when we saw in the fight with Holland, like some potential from that, and if anyone's seen any of his sort of pre-UFC uh, knockouts some stuff he did in the LFA, like he's he's some, some creativity there, some, some wildness, some raw, raw power. Uh, and we saw something on the Holland fight, but I mean, a fight that he didn't have a lot of time to prepare for. This was, I mean, you don't plan, you do not plan to gives someone a spinning kick off of a, uh, your leg getting caught. You just don't do that. Why would you? You end up falling on your butt like uh, Ben Rothwell did uh, later in the evening. But <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Buckley, I'm sure in the moment, again, I didn't even think. I have to watch the uh, post-fight. Uh, he did He did joke on that. It was a Wakanda, Wakanda-style knockout or something mm -hmm. like that. So maybe he does this more often than we think. But um, but for me, it was just it was this beautiful in-the-moment thing. And, uh, boy, I, I would love to. I, I don't know if he'll ever be able to replicate that in practice or in any other situation again. Uh, and it doesn't matter because he did it when it matters most. Matter him in the cage for everyone to see. And it's on. It's recorded and now immortalized and, and part of the uh, the UFC intros and whatever pilot will practice forever. Damn. I want to see if this is going to be in the Bob O'Reilly montage next week. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're already putting it in there. Yeah. I will tell you a little peek behind the curtain. Like 90 seconds after that knockout happens, I get a private message on our Slack channel from AK Lee, who says, quote, we're matchmaking for Buckley. I don't <laughs> give an F. <laughs> like we're match for onto the next one. Buckley makes it because normally yeah. we have a we have a pretty you know formulaic thing way that we do the show. Main card, main event, winner and loser. Rest of the main card, and then we pick a wild card, maybe the featured prelim if it's a big one. But AK said nope. We're throwing the rules out the window. Buckley's not a wild card. Buckley is a is a guy that we're gonna match make for. So I'm here to tell you right now, AK. We're going with your suggestion. You're darn right. We'll, if, we'll if, if I had to choose between uh, Joaquin Buck, matchmaking for Joaquin Buckley and matchmaking for Martin Tabora, 
All respect to Martin Zubora. <laughs> I'm going with Buckley after tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, I sent out a reader call for Zubora. So there you go. Readers, check out our Twitter account. You guys can have, or just tweet us. You can have your voice. If you've got hot Martin Zubora matchups you're just dying to, to talk about, please let us, yeah, spicy Martin Zubora <laughs> matchups. Please let us know. All right, we'll see you on the show. I feel like this is one, like this is one of those cards that we can match make like a lot of winners from this card against each other. Like, I feel like that's very possible. But we'll be, see. Before we leave Buckley, though, I want to, we, we, we were comparing it to um, the Edson knockout. Okay. And this, I know one has the answer for this. I'm, I'm sure Buckley has an answer, but is Buckley going to have the staying power in the UFC that Edson Barboza has? Don't know. We shall see. Yeah. I mean, that, has, I, I, I think that's what's going to, yeah, I think that's what's, what's going to decide if this, if this knockout will be considered one of the, greatest knockouts because maybe this is like the first knockout to lead to many more great showings and stuff so or is it is this just uh you know just a random you know flash in the pan we'll see uh it's true i mean, I mean look at uh look at your hall your hall it, it has had lasting power in the ufc but i think that's a lot of people uh maybe the, maybe the musashi knockout is probably the one biggest one he actually had in the cage but before that people still just talk about his uh his knockout of adam sella on uh, ultimate fighter right that and that highlight was so long ago um, I mean, again, he's proven to be a, a legitimate uh, middleweight, but uh, you never know that as far that could have been the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of, you know, uh, nothing for him. But uh, he has proven no staying power. We'll see if Buckley does, it goes out the same way. So, yeah, I just I kind of want to see them. I, I don't want them to, like, rush him too much. No, no, no. You know no. what I mean? Like, don't be don't, don't be throwing him anything crazy at this point. Let's just slow our rolls. Let's put him in there in fun fights, kind of like we've seen the last two. Do that. Like we don't need to, to 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 throw him up against a top twenty-five guy right now. Like just keep slowly building him up, and then eventually he could get there. The, you know, let's just let's see him do these insane fights. Let's just see these fight of the night kind of battles over and over again, and just throw everything with with vigor and power and just violent intentions. I love it. Let's. I, I want to see him again. I'm on the. I'm on the AK Joaquin Buckley bandwagon right <laughs> two now. Two for two so far in my books. That Holland fight was. I don't think. They, I don't remember if they won fight tonight, but that fight. Oh, the, uh, oh no, Holland won performance tonight. That yeah. fight with Kevin Holland was super, super exciting. That could have been a fight of the night for sure. Yeah. All right. What else we got for questions? Let's go to the peeps. Are we ready for questions? Okay. Yeah. Let's I do think it. So yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> let's just go. Let's go up this one real quick. Do we think Dana signed John versus Sterling? I think they have to now. I think Marais, I think Marlon Marais was like the, the the piece in the puzzle that didn't quite fit yet, but would kind of shrink down to fit in that size in that place, depending on how tonight went. And Corey Sanhagen, the man who probably couldn't earn a title shot tonight, finished him in the second round. So I think this opens the door. Now there, like we talked about, like we've talked about, there is the T.J. Dillashaw factor in there. Who knows where he goes? I think that the right thing to do would be to do Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. Winner gets the winner of Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. But this is the UFC. There is a lot of heat with with TJ Dillashaw. When you hear TJ Dillashaw's name, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of love for Killashaw Dillashaw. So he could be the perfect heel to Piotr Jan's babyface. But I think we should do things fairly. And based on meritocracy, AK, when it, oh, the, when is TJ Dillashaw coming back? Is the other question. His suspension is supposedly up in January, so he could fight anytime after that. So we could book him right at the beginning of the year. We could do 
I, I think you put both of those fights on the January pay-per-view card. Done and done. Yeah, look, I think I think we've laid it out. Okay, I mean, I think we've laid it out uh, earlier in the show. Uh, I think Casey did, but I mean, I'll just repeat it because our own our own. You know, I'm I'm loath to give Jose mm-hmm. Youngs any credit, uh, but he laid it out pretty clearly in a tweet. Okay, you got to go Yon versus Sterling, uh, Sandhagen versus Dillashaw in January, Cruz versus Edgar. Uh, Marais, and then Marais can fight Pedro Munoz. They're both coming off losses. And then uh, he also threw in a little extra with uh, Jose Aldo versus Uriah Faber, too, which as long as both guys are active, I feel like it's a fight you should book at some point. But, um, yeah, I, I anything – gosh, it's it's going to come down, though. We keep saying anything besides Sterling Yan makes no sense, but we all know it comes down to contracts. So I don't know how the negotiations are going between Sterling and the UFC and Jan and the UFC. Uh, I don't know how ugly it's going to get. Uh, we haven't seen anything too bad so far, but it's just we're kind of trying. We're kind of reading between the lines here with uh, Sterling. You know, Sterling is very vocal on social media. Dana White not being particularly vocal about Sterling getting the title shot. It's very frustrating. So, but even Sandhagen post fight was like. He, he was talking about as if the fight had already been booked because he said he said give me the winner of that fight because uh, the only other options are what he said Frankie Edgar and uh, what was the other oh Dominic Cruz or something like that right remember yeah, right. Um, I mean it's at least five years ago but remember starting when he, I think he when he was a free agent or he fought he fought out his contract I don't remember the details it was a while back now but there was a lot of um, negotiations even re-signing Sterling I, I mean there was a lot of talk of him going to Bellator. And stuff at the time. This is about five, five, five years ago or so. So, um, this isn't um, unfamiliar territory for Sterling and as far as contract stuff. And I, I think at this point we have to assume it's it's some sort it's a money thing. It has nothing to do with it's Sterling the guy because we know that it just it has to do with money and contracts. So, yeah, it sucks to say, but it, it is the reality of the situation. Uh, it, that fight has to happen again. Anything else happening? I, I think the deal. I think would be a travesty. Uh, I think it's. I've said this on other shows, so I don't repeat too much. But I, I, it's. It, is it possible it could happen? Of course, it's possible it could happen. Should it happen? Hell no, it should not happen. <laughs> uh, I'll be. You know, I'll. I, I, when we're all doing our jobs here. I'll cover it. I'll cover it with my with with uh, biting biting my tongue. Um, but I'll say now, I don't approve of that matchup at all. Uh, it, I'll be happy watching it. I guess once it's happening in the cage. But as far as uh, deserves the worst word, in, one of the you know most useless words in MMA, it's it's all Joe all the way. And uh, I'll be writing a little bit more about this whole situation. Uh, uh, to, for a sub- column tomorrow. But I think Corey Sandhagen did the UFC a favor and painted a very, very clear picture for what needs to be done, people. So don't overthink this. Get get that. Make these people whole, all right? Make that money right, and let's let's see these things happen. Agreed. Did you gentlemen get to watch um, MVP's fight? I did not. Did not? I watched <laughs> I watched the second half of it. Oh, okay. Uh, real, just because we got we got to talk about a little bit about yeah. MVP. That, that was... The day, de- the debut of a major promotion in mm-hmm. Paris, France. But um, I wouldn't call. I but here's the thing. I would not call Ross Houston a jobber. Yeah, Ross absolutely Houston's not. Good. Not absolutely. a jobber. Not a jobber absolutely at all. Absolutely no way. Was it the most aesthetically pleasing fight to watch? Absolutely not. It was. It was not a good fight. But but we're we're past the Michael Venom Page prospect phase. Like we're we're way beyond that. We're like three years beyond that. Enough is enough. Ross Houston, not a jobber, stylistically, is a tough matchup for Michael Van Page. And you could tell that he had a lot of respect for Ross Houston in that fight. And that's why the game plan and the way of the second and third rounds went were based on the first round. There's a lot of respect there. Michael Van Page is not an idiot. He knows that 
Ross Houston is a tough out and this is a tough matchup. And I think a lot of fans, especially from the European scene thought, Oh boy, this guy could give MVP some fits. And in the first round, he certainly did. So, I mean, listen, not every fight is going to be a knockdown drag out affair. Like Israel Adesanya fought Yoel Romero and people thought he was like a boring Mm. fighter after that. And then look what happened. He goes out there and starches Paulo Costa. And let's not forget the Lima fight. MVP looked pretty damn good in that fight until he got knocked out. So, I mean, it's time to like throw him in these big fights now. Like if if, if we're if he's going to chase Douglas Lima and we're going to play that game, like you have to put him in a position to to fight guys that will get him there. Because I actually want to see the rematch. I want to see what that'll look like down the road. Of course, Lima's going to fight Gegard Mousasi with a 185 pound title, but I think MVP's right there. Maybe give him one more. And, and give him that fight with Lima and see where he's really at. I mean, he's 32 years old. Let's, you know, shit or get off the pot. Let's just throw him to the wolves. Let's just throw him the, the toughest competition we can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate that he took such a huge step back from the Lima fight because it was kind of getting okay there. Like David Rickles, I think is a very tough veteran. So, and then that led to the Paul Daly fight, which everyone wanted forever. That fight unfortunately proved to be a stink bomb, not through any, not by the way, through any fault of MVP. If we all remember, uh, Paul Daly suddenly turned into like the second coming of GSP and, uh, and tried to initiate a lot of the rest. MVP didn't like press the action that much either, but it was an awful fight. But Paul Daly had a lot to do with that after, after like years of saying like, Oh, I wish people would, you know, which is stick up, stand up like men. And then he, he showed off his very, very subpar wrestling and lost, the fight so it looked okay there david rickles paul daly douglas lima there you go it suddenly looks like oh bellator is matching this guy up with uh you know the level of hype that we built him up to and then richard keely a fight with Derek anderson falls through so he gets a rel- another relative unknown and uh, gianni malillo uh shinsho anzai not the most exciting name so it was such a huge step back from lima which makes it even more frustrating than if they had just kept uh, you know if they had never matched him up with with these quality bellator names because now now it's so confusing as to what they're doing with him uh again ross houston again maybe not the most well-known guy mm-hmm. but a very tough person hopefully and i think i think better than the competition he'd been facing before that so hopefully this is the direction He's trending back upwards again, but I absolutely understand the frustration uh, that I think Al Mack is uh, is expressing here. Yeah, I, I like, mean, what do you do? Well, do you do you wait like at this point? Do you wait for Lima Musasi and then just have MVP in in the wait? Like if Musasi wins, Lima's still the 175 champion. Do you just immediately give him MVP? Or, I mean, we're at this point now where like you have to give him the scary matchups. Like, do you throw him in there with like a Neiman Gracie? <laughs> I mean, I mean, what else can you do? Like, Neiman Gracie just retired John Fitch. He's in that conversation, too. Where is Lorenz Larkin? Why have they not fought? That's the fight. That's I mean, the that, fight. That, that's that's the, the fight. fight for a year and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's, all, like, that's the, absolutely is the fight. If you if you beat Lorenz Larkin, Lorenz Larkin, when he, remember when he left the UFC, he was a top 10 welterweight. Like, like people just kind of forget about these guys, you know. But, um, but actually, I, I want to blame Bellator on the fact that people are, that fans are even saying that Houston is a jobber because Houston is not one, but Bellator, I feel, did not do a proper enough job selling selling the casual fan who Houston was because um, he is, quote unquote, UFC caliber easily. He's just not in the UFC. Sure. So, uh, and I want to say too, I thought MVP actually looked good tonight. Um, that Well, this morning or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought Houston was just way too conservative, and I thought MVP looked good on the ground too. He actually won the ground, the, the grappling exchanges in the third round. So uh, it just 
I, I call it MV. I, I like to call Michael Van Page Anderson Silva light in the sense that you get amazing highlight reels, but you kind of when you think of Anderson Silva fights, you kind of you you kind of you want you forget all the bad fights Anderson Silva has, like the Tadas H's fights, the Patrick Cote fights, um, the Damian Maya fights. He's ha- Anderson Silva has had a lot of stinkers as far as entertainment value. That he fights that he won, so um, that's why like M- he's. He's um Anders- MVP is Anderson Silva light. <laughs> yeah, I sort of I sort of see the comparison again. I think obviously the overall level of competition is so different, but I get what you're saying. Uh, there's like, just looks kind great of in highlight picture. reels, you know. Yes, uh, as as did the uh, the great spot. I was just trying to figure out where Lorenz Larkin has been. I know he did he did interviews. The thing is, recently as like May, I think he was doing some press uh, when Bellator with people were whatever they were hosting some sort of event. But other than that. I don't know why. I don't know why he hasn't booked. Uh, the Larkin thing has certainly uh, – sorry, the MVP thing has certainly been brought up to him, and I guess he's amenable towards it. And I think they've said maybe for an interim uh, title, if depending how long Lima's away, I guess if he wins the 185, there was – I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts there. But, yeah, I think a fight with Larkin makes the most sense. So I'm sure that will happen at some point. All right. I, yeah, I mean I interviewed him after the Koreshkov win, and, you know, they're, they're part – I mean they're both managed by the same company, so mm. – there's was like a little bit of hesitation on that sense, but then the Nakamura win was just so ridiculous. Like Larkin looked outstanding in that fight. It was like one of his best performances of his career. And then we're just like, all right. And then MVP had like a sick performance on that card too. Like, let's just match these guys up. Like, what are we waiting for? Like, that's the fight to make. There's no other, there's no other fight to make. So there you go. There's your MVP. There's your MVP talk. There we go. Raymond Daniels. Oh, coming off of that. It was a no contest or DQ. It was a no contest. Yeah, and I thought he really he really won. If we think, I mean, who who kicked <laughs> yeah. who in the ball? Who won? Who who, 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 who showed up? Who showed up for the post fight interview? So yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, he's talked about fighting MVP. I think they're friends though, but I think like like in a friendly way. I think he wants to fight him. Yeah. So yeah. I think MVP needs. I mean, sorry. I think Raymond Daniels needs one more legitimate victory. But um, yeah, that's more legitimate than that, buddy. I tell you, <laughs> you're right. You're right. That that that, 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 that wins on the streets every day. You're fighting in for a long time. I will tell you that. That was a great Friday night covering Oops. the sport. Did Edson save his UFC job by beating Makwan Amerikani? Entering today, he's lost five of his last six fights. It's funny because we we talked about this uh, multiple times. I think mostly on the way in show, we we touched on it. Look at the just look at who Edson Barboza has fought in those six fights it's ridiculous like the, his strength of schedule is amongst the the toughest like in the sport right now it's it's insane and i thought he won the danny gay fight and he clearly won tonight like it's just no i don't think he saved his job i think he was fine like <laughs> he was fine there's no chance he was saving his job i mean they threw him in a co-main event fight it was supposed to fight sudik yusuf in an interesting matchup then he gets Makwan. It's still the co-main event. So obviously the UFC is, in, is still invested in this guy as a 145 pounder. And I think I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm accurate 100 percent on this, but I think Dana White even scored that fight for Edson Barboza against Danny Gay. So most people thought Barboza won that fight. I don't think I don't think his job was on the line. I didn't even th- that never even crossed my mind until I saw this question. You're talking about his resume. Uh, I'm just looking back to see when was the last time he had a quote unquote easy fight. And by the way, there's really no easy fights in the UFC, uh, uh, at least especially now. I said not, 24. Uh, I said 2014. You said yeah. Evan Dunham? Evan Dunham. That's as far back. Know, but it was, I wasn't Evan Dunham in the top 15, though? He might I mean, they didn't have, Oh, they didn't have rankings. They didn't have rankings back then. But uh, Do they I have, rankings? Do they have rankings now? 
<laughs> I mean, they have them. Do they matter? <laughs> uh, Evan Dunham at the time. Oh, okay. He was a little bit of a slump, but I mean, Evan Dunham also was a guy who only fought kind of high level competition. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even call Dunham. And then before that, Donald Cerrone, I think you had to go back December, 2013, Danny Castillo and Danny Castillo stylistically was a tough matchup for mm-hmm. him. So man, this guy, you, I mean, you're right. I mean, you want to have some of the toughest rest. This guy, when they will look back on it, will go down as having one of the toughest uh, toughest resumes at 155 pounds. So, um, yeah, and exactly, he could be on a three-fight win streak right now. Um, so, yeah, definitely wasn't fighting for his job. So well liked by the company. Can I make? I go ahead, go ahead. Kate. Can I make a weird comparison? Uh, and I, I another. One? I, 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 yeah, you already have one. one. You already have one tonight. I thought we had two. You told me two earlier. I'll show them that. Uh, go ahead. Um, I, I understand what Joseph Boza is saying. I don't agree with it at all. But let's let's. Let's compare Edson Barbosa to, say, a John Dodson. John Dodson had an incredibly tough strength of schedule, too. And he, lo- and he got cut from the UFC after losing to Davashili. Is that how you say his name? Davashili. Yeah. Exactly. So what I mean is, so, so Edson, in a sense, when you lose, you, if, if the price tag was too high for Edson or – the fan, the fan interest wasn't there for Edson, which I still believe it is, unlike it was for Dotson. I felt like the fans just kind of didn't care about Dotson. That's why their UFC released him. It wasn't because Dotson is a crappy fighter or that he was like way past his prime. I mean, he just beat Nathaniel, he just knocked out Nathaniel Wood. You know, talking about Dotson, and he lost a he lost a competitive but decision fight to um, Mahab. Maha- oh God, I gotta I gotta pronounce it. Mirab. 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 So um, I, I I do believe. Maybe payroll-wise, um, Barboza was on the chopping block in a sense, payroll-wise. But as far as fan interest and just if he's still a top a top fighter, no, that's just ridiculous. Now, I will say, what about his own interest? If he had lost another fight, if he had technically lost three straight fights, uh, six of it would have been six of seven if he'd lost Tamir Connie. Uh, he's 34, he's 34 years old. He turned 34 this year. He'll be 35 in January. It's not too long from now. And he has a lot of mileage on him. I wonder, I don't know if say he would, I'm not saying he would have retired on the spot. I wonder how much that would have hurt his motivation for the future, for the near future, if he had lost another fight. So, so in that sense, did he save his job? Uh, then I'd say, yeah, maybe he did. So his motivation to keep doing it. All right. There you go. I mean, just look at this. From 2015 on, Michael Johnson. This is like the streaking. This is insane. Almost title shot, Michael Johnson. Yeah. Right. Paul Felder wins that fight. Then he fights Tony Ferguson, loses by Darsh choke of the second round. One of the fights beats of the Anthony year. Pettis. Yes. Beats beats Anthony Pettis. This is 2016. Anthony Pettis. Yeah. Prime. Pettis. Gilbert Melendez. Like three months later, then he knocks out Benil Dariush with a flying knee. Then he fights Habib. Then he fights Kevin Lee, who had the best performance of his entire career on that fight. And he, came very, and he came very close to beating Lee. Yes. He almost, yeah, he almost finished Remember in, Lee, in the first round of that yep. fight. Dan Hooker, who he beat the brakes off of. Dominates. And then he fights Justin Gaethje. Which he loses. Paul Felder again. And a lot of people think he beat Paul Felder. Then he fights Dan Ige. Most people think he won that fight. And then he fights Makwan Amerikani. I mean... The strength of schedule for this guy has been ridiculous. So maybe, like, I agree with AK when he says that maybe in his own mind he was fighting for his job. But in in terms of, like, how the UFC views him, putting him in a co-main event like this, I mean, I know this wasn't the deepest card of all time, but 
they like to throw the heavyweights in there in the co-main event. They said, nope, we're putting the featherweights up there. So I didn't think I didn't think so. Hey, and props for yeah. uh, 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 Amir Khani for um, uh, taking that challenge too. That was a that was a bold Demanding challenge. Demanding it. Demanding it. it. Yeah. I wanted this fight. It's like it's, I've never heard anyone say that about Edson Barbosa before. <laughs> yeah. He's a tough. He's Why a tough would you? Dude. He Why took some big shots in that fight. <laughs> uh, what else we got? What do we got? Uh, we got. Hold on. Hold on. Do, 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 do. The people are speaking. We've got. <laughs> Uh, people watching on a relatively early Saturday night for uh, for us, uh, <laughs> not for those Abu Dhabi and Forrest and our, and our Jose Youngs, hopefully getting a chance to crawl somewhere and find some sleep. Uh, I think this is just oh, go back to Edson right here. What can the UFC do to help catapult Edson to oh. a title shot before he ages out? Well, I mean, you have him fight. Unfortunately, he's going to have to. I mean, unfortunately, featherweight is a very exciting division, and it's much more loaded than people than some people yeah. even give it credit for. I mean, there's some surging up and coming 45ers. I know he wants a top five, top six. I just don't think you could justify it right now because even though people think he beat Dan Ige on paper, just like the Marias Aldo fight that we talked about earlier, he lost that fight. Like, it's, it goes down as a loss. But they're still fun matchups. I mean, Edson Barboza versus Shane Burgos would be a ridiculous Ooh. fight. That's a ridiculous fight. Johnson, Burgos is ranked top, is ranked number ten, I believe. Mike Johnson Ram is asking what gets him closer to a title shot. Shane Burgos, dude, you're not gonna put him up there. He doesn't. He's not. I, I, stop fighting Max Holloway. I said yeah, he's not fighting yeah, year. If no. if that does uh, a beat fight doesn't happen, who no. will Ma who will Max Holloway fight? Calvin Cater. Is that, is that is that the fight? That's not booked, right? We just, that's, that's, that's just a fight to make. That's that's a fight to make, unless if Zabit Yair doesn't happen, which it should happen. Oh, I know the then fight. You do Cater, then you do Cater versus Yair. Okay, that's the fight to make. I, Barboza, I Josh Emmett. Yeah, uh, is Josh Emmett booked? I was just looking at his name. Is he not booked? Does he really not have an opponent lined up? No, he because he tore his ACL in his last. Oh, geez, oh, so, is, oh, so he's out for a while. Yeah, as far as we fought Burgos tore his ACL in the fight. Oh, so that wasn't that wasn't that long ago. What he seems you? to be moving along and progressing quickly. So I would say, you know, to be on the safe side, mid summer of 2021 okay. seems like a roundabout guess. Yeah, and here's the tough thing: it's not like Barbosa uh, ever earned a title shot at 155, so he doesn't have that like former like or that one-time title contender shine to him, which like which you can carry over to the division. And then it's kind of like, oh, he fought for a title once, we can, he's you know whatever he gets two wins. That's really, I mean, frankly, how the matchmakers think and how the UFC works. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way. Uh, he's a contender for a long time, 155, but actually never challenged for the title, so we have to keep that in mind. Uh, I can't imagine any scenario where he's closer than two two wins away. Uh, so it's a little bit hard to answer because whatever happens, yeah, you, you know, I mean, we can kind of figure out maybe, like we said, maybe a Josh Emmett or a, uh, a Shane Burgos for his next fight. After that, I have no idea what the rest of the featherweight, uh, the top ten of the featherweight rankings will look like. So it's a, it changes the question, changes the math completely, right? I, so he's definitely not closer than two fights away, and that that might even be generous. Actually, I think look, I, we, I think yeah, we got I, some actually, big fights coming up too. Yeah, we got but, Bryce Mitchell, who's ranked number fifteen, he's fighting Andre Field on Halloween mm. Bryce Mitchell wins you know the UFC's pushing that guy uh, you got Ryan Hall at number 13 hey, he, hey, <laughs> yeah. no 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 Edson Barboza ain't crazy 
he got, he wants spicy, he can win. He wants spicy, he can win, bro. So let's just. Yusuf, there's Burgos, there's Ige, who already fought. Jeremy Stevens and Arnold Allen are about to fight. Yep. Emmett is, I mean, maybe, maybe Emmett. I think Emmett's the guy, but yeah. I know, I know he's not going to want to wait that long to fight. He wants to get right back in there. So I think they end up with the Sudik fight or they do the Burgos fight because I think anything above that at this point with how competitive this division is, especially in that top six range, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I think the answer to this question is, John, I'm sorry if you're a Barbosa fan there. I don't think there is a lot that UFC can do, uh, frankly, to help him right now uh, get a title shot other than, again, just kind of give him entertaining matchups. Hope he wins them and strings together. Maybe three straight wins gets it. But again, it really depends how the rest of the division shakes out. And I mean, the you. answer is keep the answer is keeping him active. That's the answer. Yeah. Or what did we say at the beginning? Always you just have, keep winning. Yeah. What do we no, say you just, just, just don't win, just win all your fights. Yeah. Yeah, just don't ever lose, and you get there. Yeah, just, I mean, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for Aljamain Sterling or Tony Ferguson or a number of other people, but you know, <laughs> just win, just win, bro. But I think yeah. Yusef, Yusef is the fight, and unless he's injured or gets got the Rona or something, if it's really just a passport issue, throw him at the apex. We're good. Yep, that's the one. I, yeah, I totally forgot about Yusef. Actually, I just like he won, and he, he just kind of. I don't know. I just haven't heard him t- his name out there at all for a while. Casey, while you're looking for another question, I just say I want to apologize to everyone uh, uh, who keep paying attention to our other shows. I'm sure no one who watches this show watches our other show. Uh, I-, I was very heavily pushing. I think I wasn't the only one heavily pushing sort of Stephanie Egger as a potential upset candidate uh, to beat Tracy Cortez. I still feel like Cortez being a near two to one favorite was a little crazy. Uh, I still feel like Egger's actually a pretty decent fighter. I know she didn't. I know Cortez did a great job today. Uh, Egger was, did not look good in there in her USA debut. That's fine. Anyone seeing her for the first time is like, oh, she's a can, whatever she deserved. I think that's very, very unfair. Uh, I, I also, I always encourage people to not gamble on MMA. So, so if you put anybody on Stephanie Egger because of me, I do not take responsibility for that. But I do apologize for maybe lying, not uh, misleading America. Okay, maybe perhaps misleading America a little bit as to Egger's chances. But I do think uh, Cortez. I think it was a little a little too heavily fair, but she but she did she backed that up. Uh, whatever was the motivation behind this Ozmakers uh, being so high on her, she she backed it up. Grappling looked great today. Um, looked like a legitimate prospect. I think she'll be even better when she drops down. I think she, the plan is to drop down to 125. So uh, Cortez, one to watch again. Uh, okay, far far away from contendership, but I think she has the right attitude, and I think she's said herself she wants to fight her way up. So uh, certainly one to watch, and uh, I think that's someone a lot of fans are already kind of taking a shine to. I thought she looked good tonight against her level competition. I thought mm-hmm. I, I actually I picked I picked Edgar to win and Edgar's to win and um yeah Cortez uh, Cortez um pleasantly surprised me. I kind of uh, want to see her stay at thirty five at least for a little while. Like it, one just because of the times we're in. Yeah. And two that division needs a needs a boost. It's Does true. It not? Thirty five. Yeah, yeah, there's probably more winnable fights in that division for her. So there's no reason to leave right away. Like, I don't think they're going to yeah. throw anyone crazy yet. Isn't that just a weird twist? Not a twist of fate, but just how, how things turn out to be now. Now, it was, it was always the, the women's flyweight division, which is kind of this forgotten division. But now we're like, yep. oh, what about we, we forgot about bantamweights? Yeah. Well, some of the bantamweights left and went to flyweight. That probably, yeah. <laughs> that probably changed things. But uh I, again, I know there's another question coming up, but while we were talking about Barbosa, one thing name we didn't bring up, and which Jose Youngs had brought up before, I think in the preview shows, is uh, Giga Chikadze. Uh, that's obviously a fight Barbosa would not want to take right now. It's not something he would see as as 
closer to a tough shot. But they both won today. Chikadze now 4-0 in the UFC. Chikadze still looking for that signature moment. I thought he looked great tonight, but I think he'll still want to see that finish. That's four decision wins uh, for Chikadze, which does not light Dana White's uh, non-existent hair on fire, unfortunately. Uh, so I think if you want to see – and I, I'm not saying a fight with Barbosa would necessarily guarantee a knockout either. They're both so technical. You might just get, again, a really entertaining three-round fight. But I, I would be so down for that fight. If Barbosa was okay for it, I would love to see it. It does not get him closer to, to a title shot, but uh, it certainly has to be considered. Chikadze and Barbosa. Just thinking about it. Very exciting. That was a, that was a great win because I thought oh, I thought Omar Morales was going to was gonna piece him up. Yeah, he was tough, though. Omar's, Omar's tough. Yeah, I just because yeah, he was Omar's walking through huge. Stuff. <laughs> he was walking through. By the way, he's big. Yeah, he looks huge. But great. The the one betting the the one uh, like betting line that I thought was like ridiculous was the first fight. Love the cop. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm like five, minus five hundred. Yeah, I'm like, are you watching this? Game? I mean, yeah, he won, <laughs> but I mean, do, do, like, if you watch his fights, like he's he's good, but he's not a minus five hundred good against a guy like Bruno Silva who looked like pretty good in that fight too. Like it was not a minus 500 performance, but nothing against him. It was just, I just thought the line was, was redonk. It was odd. Yeah. It was odd. Yeah. Yeah. It was odd. What do we got? Did I see next week? Yeah. I think people are already moving on. (laughs) Well, I mean, next week, I mean, next week is just every, I mean, when we looked at this, this slate of five Island events, it was obviously the two pay-per-views and then this fight. I mean, this is Jose Young's dream fight. Like the fact that he's on Fight Island and this is like a week away, yeah. he must be so nervous right now. He <laughs> must so be so nervous. I, 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 didn't, I saw the news briefly, but um, uh, Henner and Gracie? Yes. So yeah, he will not be there. He, asymptomatic or is he sick or is, do you, he, just, just, he, just, he just got, got the Rona and he can't come? Sounds like it. Yeah, that sounds oh. like all we know so far. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but um, I, I'm assuming Ortega is good to go though because I'm assuming they train together. So cross your fingers. Well, well yeah. I mean, this is a, you know me. I'm the ultimate optimist. I don't believe in jinxes. So of course I've been saying like forever. Like this fight's happening. This fight's happening. Jose keeps telling me to stop and shut shut the hell up. But I don't care. If he says I just say it more because I believe in the power of positive thinking. It has not always worked out in MMA because uh, I've also been on the uh, Khabib Tony tr- train for the longest time, which a fight I still think will happen. But uh, I'm very confident this fight will happen. Not as confident as I would normally be because of the age that we're working in now with uh, COVID-19 testing. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all if any of the fighters, who knows, you know, somehow, somehow during all this travel and all this testing, um, unfortunately, test positive. Fingers crossed. I don't hope this is now. I don't wish this upon anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I have to temper my optimism a little bit. There's just things that are out of their control at this point, right? So, but uh, yeah, that fight looks great. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously my quick pick. I'm going. I'm actually gonna go uh, uh, zombie only because I, I interviewed Ortega and uh, I'm a jinx. Not that I believe in that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, whatever you just said, don't listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> just completely contradicted everything I just said. It's a, it, I mean, it's a great fight. It's a, it's a great matchup. Um, I'm going zombie too. I think the odds makers have it right. Right now they have Korean Zombie at minus one seventy five, Ortega plus one fifty. I think that's that's pretty spot on. So that's a fun. I mean, it's just a fun card overall. Um, some interesting matchups. Zero gone in the co-main event. Wow, that's a great main card. I love the main card now. Jessica Andrade, flyweight debut. Jessica Andrade, Jessica Andrade can create some wrinkles in that division if she beats Caitlin Jugagan, because Cynthia Calvillo and Lauren Murphy are fighting the week after that. And most people would would agree that the winner of that fight would probably be next to fight 
the winner of Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. But what if Jessica Andrade goes out there and finishes Kaylin Chukagian? That could that could mess things up a little bit. Oh, I, mm-hmm. if, if Andrade whoops up on Caitlyn, I I would not be shocked if she gets the next title shot. I think it actually makes sense depending on how she looks. But if she can actually put a whooping on Chukagian, I I I would be okay if a title shot. You know, after after Shevchenko Maya. Um, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm Calvillo or, Murph, or Murphy, I'm pissed <laughs> if that's the case. But I'm why I think they're big, they're both huge Kalen Jukagian fans. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you have the former champ aspect of it. I mean, it's it's a lot, it's yeah. a lot. It's, Jessica Andrade has a lot going for her, she just yeah. has to win. That's a good card, man. Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez is a fun fight. Oh, I mean, Almeida, Almeida and um. Casey Kenny didn't get made. What happened to Casey Kenny? Did he get booked? Casey Kenny's fighting Nathaniel Wood oh, uh, on October twenty okay. fourth. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Krut Bukowskis, the matchup that I didn't even know I wanted until I saw it, and I was like, "Yeah, that's a great fight." That's just Bukowski. Yeah, Gambrot Silk versus Kraus is a good one. I, t- I spoke with James Kraus on oh yeah crazy. Thursday, so you'll you'll hear you see that on what the heck. Very interesting stuff from from the James Kraus. I think yeah. that's the most I've ever heard him speak in an interview out of all the times I've spoken to him. There's some interesting things that happen behind the scenes uh, that you'll get to hear about. Jillian Robertson's back. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov on the card. I mean, it's just a yeah. like, top a prospect. Uh, Gamrot making his debut. Gamrot's making his yes. debut. Holy crap. Uh, jo- and uh, a guy who I've, I've, I've uh, dragged a little bit in the past for his lack, complete lack of a ground game, John Phillips. But they matched him up with uh, Jun Yong Park, which should have no grappling at all. And uh, we'll probably see someone knocked out in the first 35 seconds. So I... I'm giving my preemptive ranking for this card, by the way, just looking at it without having done any uh, deep dive into sort of the matchups. This looks like a, a potential nine. This looks Whoa. like a potential nine. Nine. If it lives up. To, and I'm probably, again, now I need, my whole scale is messed up. I'm probably going too low because this looks like a lot of, I, I, there's not, Malarkey, we didn't mention Jay Malarkey. Malarkey's, his, he's a brawler. This is, this is good. I thought you were saying your score was Malarkey. And yeah. I was going to say. I mean, yeah. obviously, that's also true. But, uh, yeah, this card looks good. All it's right. a fun one. Bleeding right. Lean right into the pay-per-view. All, All right. right. What else? Got one more question for tonight's that's card. Kind of, yeah, let's, let's wrap One up. more question for tonight's card. We're going to wrap it up. Tristan Gordet's getting a lot of play, I feel like. Yeah. Hey, man, he, <laughs> Thank he, you, Tristan. He writes Tristan good. They're, they're, they're quality questions. questions. Quality Thank questions. You, Tristan. Yep. With Chris Dawkins winning tonight, using his speed and great technical striking, what do you think of him in the heavyweight division, and who do you think he should fight next? This is easy to answer. Uh, I don't think anything of him in the heavyweight division because he should drop down to light heavyweight. He weighed in at uh, 227 pounds. I think his first fight, he was, what, 241? Yes. Yeah, around about. This, I don't know the exact dimensions of Chris Dawkins. This sounds to me like someone who's trying to make move to, make a move down to 205 pounds, so I don't see I don't anything know, at uh is he tall is he like super tall he's in his 30s i believe so i mean that's i think i think he just dropped some lbs to you know for for his own health his own health and safety you know trying to 27 being a be a little light on his feet but i think 38 pounds i think i think i i think tom aspinall laid it out perfectly he said i want to fight sergey spivak or as he said i want to fight low-key chris Dawkins." like i said earlier this was the kind of card where we can match make fighters that competed on this card against each other and they all make sense i think docus versus asinal is a good fight 
Like, I think it's a good fight. I think Aspinall's a lot bigger. This is what I'm saying. I think I think Dawkins needs to get out of the uh, – Dawkins, I guess he's not small. I'm probably looking at that way in too, way too much. I get it. Uh, you know, he it's just, not – I know. 45 seconds. I know. I He is tall. He's six foot three. He's pretty tall. Uh, if he can make 205, I say go for it. I think he's making a move. This is what – when you this rapid weight loss tells me he's making a move. Wow. I guess uh, – Yeah, Pooch. Yeah, Pooch. Pooch. Disagrees with you. Yeah. No, that was a bark of whoa, whoa, that was a bark of right. acknowledgement. <laughs> whoa, uh, I, I would say, or you could do like, or you could do like Dacus versus like the loser of Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy. Yeah, I think we got to get Dacus on uh, what the heck. I think we need to make this appearance happen. I, I think we got to answer some questions about the the the, uh, the incredible shrinking Chris Dacus. I think. Uh, Mike Heck needs to get the answers for this. Every Thursday, people tune in. Every Thursday, you never know who's going to show up. Uh, no, or if, what or if we lose power and have to do <laughs> shit the next day. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's staying at heavyweight. So, Tristan, that is my answer to your question. I do think – I do agree with the speed and great technical striking. But uh, heavyweight, I don't know. I don't know. 205. I think 205. Maybe. I mean, yeah. if he can get there healthy, why the hell not? But I think he looked – I mean, we, we talked about this a lot the way, and so we're like, holy crap, not – Nascimento's made championship weight fighting this 227-pound guy. And, man, sure. just Doc, Doc has looked great. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for extreme weight cutting. You guys know that. So uh, I want to see these fighters as drained as much as possible uh, stepping into fight night. I want to see them stepping into the scale, at looking skeletal. Uh, that, is, I'm, that is what I'm all about. I'm just, I'm just that kind of person. All right, it, makes me, it makes me laugh. Well, uh, who's, Greg, <laughs> who's Greg Hardy fighting next? Greg Hardy's fighting Maurice Green. Maurice Green. Wait, is that fight? Oh, God. That's, That's Halloween. That's suitable Halloween fight. When I think Halloween MMA, I would say, yes, Murray Screen. And I think Dawkins is at the point in the U.S. No, AK, that's a hard idea, him going to 205, first of all. I, hey. I, love, the, I love the idea. I, I want him to go to 207. I want him to just be one pound above the limit. And then I want him to be the smallest heavyweight in the UFC. And now I want him to whoop up. I'm fat 265ers. That's why I, I want. I like this. <laughs> that's that's I what I want. Say, that, 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 that's, that's, his, that's his story. That's his gimmick. And he had a great walkout song. Down. He could drop down. Look, Jared Cannonier was a heavyweight once. Remember that? Remember when Jared Cannonier was a heavyweight? He's considerably shorter than Chris Dawkins. Well, Dawkins Doc, like, doesn't have crystal saying. power. He doesn't have crystal power. We know that. So. Oh, my gosh. I, I swear if he – if you interview him, Mike, and he brings up crystals and says and says like, yeah, I've got these weight loss crystals here. They really help me keep the pounds <laughs> off. Really help me control my cravings. I will. I will not watch that episode. I'll tell you right now. I will. Oh. I will tell people not to watch that episode. What a bold threat! Wow. Twitter. Twitter needs to put up one of those. Uh, this tweet contains false at, uh, information warnings. Okay. okay. <laughs> should, a Twitter violation. Happen. Yeah, I need. A, I'm going to flag it's... that uh, that video, that clip, which I'm sure you'll clip off, Casey. If uh, Stockton says that he's using. Well, we'll, 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 we'll just run on facebook then oh my gosh People there you do, go do not doc is or you could do doc is versus like chase sherman that's fun yeah that's chase man he had a great fight yeah where has he been yeah get back in there chase i missed you chase sherman, is, chase sherman is our break break glass in case of emergency heavyweight there's like so many guys who've like debuted or and there's like second or third ufc for like yeah chase sherman is the next logical test for them <laughs> i mean th this oh. is a different chase sherman from his first ufc run because if like if we're going back to the first ufc run chase sherman would have had four times already <laughs> against in, in like ridiculous fights that made no yeah. sense which yeah. he knew he admitted that he did that but he's on a he's on a different different wavelength these days do you have anything else or 
Nah, I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to, I'm ready to yes. call it a night. <laughs> yes, this is like three hours earlier than last week. Yes. That's great. Let's, look, again, we normally air, what, we're normally on at like, uh, what, one thirty-two in the morning, so let's not force people to stick around till that time. No, um, I think we, I think we talked about this card enough. Yeah, yes. It's a good and one. It was a really good one. How about that, bu- really- how, how, hey, real quick, how about that Buckley knockout? Unreal. <laughs> I don't think anyone's talking about that, Casey. I don't know, Buckley knockout. I think I would have heard of that if uh, if people were talking about it. I don't know. Go, um, I, I, saw, I saw it mentioned on social media. That's all. That uh. that finish is why we is one of the reasons why we still do this stuff. You know what I mean? It's like every. I love that we love MMA. We love the the daily grind mm-hmm. of it. We love you know we will love this conscious decisions. We love competitive fights. We love all that stuff. Every now and then though, there's magic. You know what I mean? There's a magic moment. Uh, which unfortunately comes at the expense of another fighter, but there's that magic moment that you you know you're going to end up talking about for, again, the rest of who knows forever until as long as we're watching MMA, as long as MMA is around, we're going to be talking about that knockout, and and that happened tonight, and it really, I was just thinking about it for the rest of the night. I think a lot of people were, uh, and thank goodness the rest of the card there was so much action after that like lived up to that moment as well. So yeah, it's just it's left it's left me feeling all warm and fuzzy, which uh, which doesn't always happen I think when we're covering the sport, but tonight definitely did. There you go. I mean, we had Shamaya from the first fight. Alan Tripp emerge as a star, and now Joaquin Buckley could be the next one. So we'll see what happens. Shamaya Buckley. Let's yeah, book Shamaya versus Buckley. There you go. Uh, easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start playing on that. The next one canceled for this week. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. AK and I will be back on Monday morning doing on to the next one. Uh, between the links, we will record that on Monday as well. Uh, Brian Kelleher versus Phoenix Carnavale for the strap. Very excited. The match has been three weeks in the making. It's finally going to happen. So I'm very excited for that. And then lots of cool stuff going on throughout the week as we get you ready for Ortega versus the Korean Zombie next Saturday. And then, of course, all hell is going to break loose. UFC 254 the following week. Habib versus Justin Gaethje. And by the way, what is with the spelling of Gaethje's name? On the, on the post. On the that was outlandish. Was it, I thought it was fake for a second. Was it a typo? What happened? I didn't know. It was real bad. Could not have spelled Gage's name worse. On the cage? In the, yeah, the in cage advertisements on the post. Every time the camera like saw it every time it was spoke by that. G A E J T H E. So Gage, like, I mean, I guess now it's a. Way I can sort of understand why, but come on, people, this is your job to do these things right. So, no, right. Jessica Crystal Crew, no, they no. couldn't. They couldn't have spelled it worse. They it spelled wrong. it G A E J T H E. Yes, G A E. So again, maybe you'd pronounce it the same way, but people, we are better than this. We gotta have standards. Uh, Mike, I know you're going to sign us off, but I always I always like to say on my part, thank you, everyone who's watching. You guys are – I love everyone who's watching live, anyone who's watching the replay uh, in the coming days as well. You guys are the best. Don't use crystals. Can you can you wrap us out, AK? Uh, what rhymes <laughs> with crystals? Yo, don't pistols. use crystals. Yeah, I was going to say don't use crystals. <laughs> You'll end up on the wrong end of a pistol. I swore I'd never do that again. I'm so sorry. We can edit that out later. I apologize for everyone who saw that live. That will not be in the final. We'll edit that out. Uh, we'll edit that out of the final. I apologize to all 800 viewers. Right yeah, now. I'm Earth, sorry, guys. Earth to cool Alex. Earth to cool Alex. I don't know what the timestamp <laughs> is, but cut clip, clip, clip. No, and cut. Yeah, clip it and cut it out. Yeah, and, and don't show it to anyone. Yes, that'll be up there with views with Joaquin Buckley's knockout by, by tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> oh. so thank you all very much for, for watching, listening. 
whether it's live or after the fact, we appreciate it very much. UFC Fight Island 5 in the books. For Alex Kaylee, for E. Casey Lydon, I am Mike Heck. Thank you very much. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.